for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. This week's powerful teaching unlocks the keys to the supernatural power of revelation, direction, and insight through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. NDW Ministries is committed to the mandate of strategic prayer and praying for you. Discover more online at ndwministries.org. Know today that this is God's word of empowerment for you. Be encouraged as you listen. Unlocking the supernatural. Unlocking the supernatural. Uh, Paul unlocked the supernatural through this key. And so many others. One time, President Ora Robert was asked in an interview, and they said to him, How do you survive or have you survived all these adversities of life? How did you make it? You've been through hell and high water. And he said, by speaking in tongues. Papa Hagen, one of the most spiritual men that ever lived, said that all the visitation he had with Jesus and walking in the supernatural was unlocked by praying in tongues. There's something about praying in tongues, but there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding also about praying in tongues. There's a, a bishop in this country, very powerful bishop, I won't mention the name. Years ago, when he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, he called me, he was very confused, having some doubts about the tongues he was speaking. He was nobody at that time. And I said to him, I said, pray in the tongues, speak in the tongues, let me hear. And when he spoke in the tongue, I said, it's not a false tongue, it's a genuine tongue, so continue. And I rebuked every confusion and doubts. And uh, he's been speaking in tongues for over 40 years now. You know, but the enemy really wanted to confuse him. And he has done a lot of great things for God by unlocking the supernatural because he wasn't confused about that particular key. Please come with me to the book of Mark 16 and the 17 verse. Mark 16 and the 17 verse. These and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. You see, he said these signs are followed. So these are signs of the believer. They are signs of the believer. It's a particular protocol that has been established to the head of the church. That there are particular signs that prove that you and I are believers. And apart from casting out devils and other things, speaking in tongues one of the signs of the believer of the New Testament dispensation. Come with me to Isaiah 28, the 11th and the 12th verse. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he another speak to tongue. this people. So this tongue is different from our native tongue. It's different from the tongue of our fathers and our mothers that we were raised and brought up in. It's not a tongue you learn or you go to school to learn or to study. This particular tongue is impacted to you as a believer when you are full of the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit. So if you are a believer, you get born again and you don't speak in tongues, you have a portion or a measure of the Spirit, but you are not full of the Spirit. 
Because when you are full of the Spirit, it overflows by speaking with other tongues and also it comes with power to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. Go ahead, verse 12. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the, the weary to rest. And this is a refreshing, yet they would not hear. So there are two things that when we speak in tongues, happens. Number one, speaking in tongues deals with the spirit of weariness. And one of the things the enemy is doing to God's people in this end time is to weary us. We call it battle weariness. I was dealing with an individual recently, and whilst I was praying, I heard the Spirit speaking inside of my spirit. <clears throat> and the Spirit said, it's a battle-weary spirit. A battle-weary spirit. And this individual said, Papa, I feel weak. I go to bed tired, and I wake up tired, and I'm always tired. And the Lord said, it's a battle-weary spirit. And unless you deal with the battle-weary spirit that is wearying her, mentally, emotionally, physically, she will always be weak. So I said in the name of Jesus, I curse every battle-weary spirit. Be a curse. One of the things the enemy fears the most is the curse of God. So I said be a curse in the name of Jesus and lose your grip and lose your hold of her and let her go. In the name of Jesus, let her go. Someone say, let her go, let her go, let her go. Come on, somebody put your hands together and say, let her go. Let her go. Say, let her loose. Let her loose. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And immediately she said she felt something lifted. Something lifted of her. Uh, but it's one of the signs of the end time. Uh, in the book of Daniel, the 7th chapter, and the 25th verse, that the Bible said that the spirit of the Antichrist will weary the saints of the Most High. And he throw things at you to the point that you become weary, you faint, you, you become weary. And one of the things that one of the wisest man who ever lived said, and that was the grandfather of Solomon by the name of Ahitophel. Ahitophel said to, uh, said to Absalom, he said, give me 12,000 men. I will go after David, your father. But listen to what he said. He said, I will come on him. When he's weary and weak at hand. When he's weary and weak at hand. And so when the enemy wants to get us, what he does is to throw things at you and torture you mentally and emotionally and physically to the point where you become weary. You faint. And at that point, you sign your own death warrant by giving in to the attack of the enemy. But I pray that in the name of Jesus, no matter what the enemy has thrown at you, that you will not give in to the spirit of weariness and that you will not faint. And you see, what keeps you and I from not fainting and going forward against weariness is when we pray in tongues, according to Isaiah 28 and verse 12, he said, Hearing or by this will the weary be caused to be revived. You are renewed, you are strengthened. Refreshing comes when you pray in the spirit. 
And the enemy will do everything to cause you not to pray in the spirit by playing with your mind and confusing you. And wherever you see misunderstanding, it's a clear understanding that there is a lack of understanding. Because when you don't understand something, you misunderstand it. So have understanding. Amen. Come with me to Acts chapter 2 verse 4. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You see, they all, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, these other tongues here, that word other tongues is different from these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will speak in tongues. They will speak in tongues. It's a different tongue from this tongue. This particular tongue. You see, one of the things that we need to understand is the scriptures and the Pauline revelations are epistles. They were letters that was written to specific churches to address specific situations in those days. Different, different churches that were dealing with particular situations and issues. And unless you understand the pretext and the pretext, you will understand, you will misunderstand the context of the text. And you will just take scriptures out of content and form a doctrine out of it, which so many churches have done. So we need to be very, very careful. So we need to find out what exactly is this tongue. This particular tongue here, looking at the situation <clears throat> at that particular time, is the tongues of men. We have the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. This particular one is talking about the tongues of men. There was a guy called Ramios Musasa. Many years ago, he used to live in Ghana. He was from Zimbabwe, one of my trusted sons. And he came to me one time, very, very confused and worried. And I said, Ramius, what's the problem? He said, Papa, I'm confused. And I said, about what? He said, I believe it's time for me to marry. But I'm torn between marrying a Ghanaian and going back home to marry from my own people. And I don't know what to do. And I said, I don't, I, I don't know what to tell you too, so... Let's just pray for God to direct us. So whilst I was praying with him, I began to pray in tongues. And when I was praying in tongues, Ramios began to praise God and said, thank you, Father. You are real. You are blowing my mind. I can't believe this. I can't. And he kept on. And I said, hey, Ramios, what, what's going on? He said, Papa, you can't believe it. You are speaking my native dialect. And I said, it's impossible. I can't. I don't, I don't even know the name of your native dialect. You know that, Ramius. I don't speak your language. He said, Papa, you are telling me everything that I should do. The Lord was speaking through you by my native dialect that I will not marry a Ghanaian, that I should go to Zimbabwe, that my wife is there. And, and he was telling me things the Lord was saying. And they've all come to pass. And I don't understand and even know the name of his native dialect, Ramios Musasa. So, this tongue is talking about other tongues or diverse kinds of tongues, which is a sign to the, to the unbeliever and not the believer. Look at 
chapter 2, verse 7 and 8 of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. Look at something here. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? You see? So they were speaking in the native language or dialects of different countries and people. And they heard them speaking in their dialects. And they said, but these Galileans, it's impossible for them to understand our native dialect and to be speaking in our native dialect accurately they couldn't understand. I remember I had this friend, Dr. Michael McCann, of blessed memory, great prophet. And we travel a lot across Africa and Europe. And every now and then, we'll be praying the spirit. And he'll be praying tongues, and I'll be praying tongues. And he spoke a lot of languages. And sometimes he said, Nick, 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 you are amazing. I said, what do you mean, Mike? He said, you are speaking in Latin. And this is what you are saying. Sometimes he said, you are speaking Italian, Italian. Now that language is different from the tongues that we all speak in. This is diverse kinds of tongues. And it is also what you call in the Bible, the tongues of men. Then we have the tongues of angels. Then we have our own tongue as a believer, which is our prayer language. And sometimes we also speak the tongues of angels. So angels also have their language. They speak a heavenly language which we have, which we also speak as citizens of heaven. But that is by the will and the utterance that the Holy Spirit gives to us. That is not your decision. You pray in tongues anytime you open your mouth. Lekusuda has sofaluda akin to samada. Now, whether I'm speaking the tongues of angels or diverse kinds of tongue or the language of heaven of which I'm a citizen of that goes up to God and reveal and demystify mysteries by my spirit, through the help of the Holy Spirit, has to do with a few things. Number one, if I'm speaking the language of men, then whatever language I'm speaking, those who speak that language or dialect will hear it and understand it. But I have no understanding of it. If I'm also speaking a tongue <clears throat> that requires interpretation, when we go ahead, you see, someone with the gift of interpretation of tongues, will get it and will come forth with the interpretation of what I have said. And that is to the edification of the church. That is for the benefit of the church. If it's a tongue of my heavenly language, that goes direct to God. Number one, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, reading from the fourth verse, I'm edifying myself. I'm renewing my strength, refreshing my spirit, and that ties in with Isaiah 28 and 12. That is one of the way we deal with the spirit of depression because there's a lot of depression and a lot of oppression and a lot of mental 
illnesses. And they are a result of the enemy. In the book of Psalm 89, if you look out from the 20th verse, he said that I have found David my servant. I have anointed him with my holy oil. Therefore, he said, the enemy will not exact on him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. And that word to exact means to oppress him or to lord it on him. To afflict him means to punish or to torture him emotionally. So mental torture, emotional torture, physical torture, mental affliction, emotional affliction, they are all activities of the enemy, but they are also signs and indicators that our water level spiritually is dropping. Whenever Akosombo water levels drops, we begin to have problem with ele electricity power. So we don't have enough light. We don't have power to generate enough light. And in this life, every problem we have is a result of lack of light. You know, sometimes in my office when it's night and I turn off my light, I really can't see what is around. So if I'm moving without the light, I have to depend on my subconsciousness to guide me because my subconscious have a memory of the settings of my office. So I'm guided by my subconsciousness that this is what is here, this is what is here because it's registered in my subconsciousness. For instance, you can be driving and whilst you are driving, you are talking on the phone and you are not really concentrating on the driving, but you are driving. You are guided by your subconsciousness. But if you are driving in an area you've never driven in before, your subconsciousness is new to that area. So you need to concentrate because if you don't, you can run into trouble and have an accident. So the con the, when the Bible says, when the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, and it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That renewing of your mind is talking about the reprogramming and the rewiring of your subconscious mind. Because David said something the other day. He said, before a thought comes into my mind, you already know it. So thoughts, imaginations, objects, and things that comes into our subconsciousness that controls our consciousness don't come from within, it comes from without. So when the enemy wants to control you and mess you up and enter into your dream life, what it does is to project things through pictures, things you hear, things you see, and by projecting it into your subconsciousness, you go to sleep with it, and then it gets into your dream well and begins to determine your dreams. That's why you cannot be led by your dreams. That's why you cannot be led by prophecy, because the enemy can also control you by prophecies. There are certain people I don't want to hear what they have to say. It doesn't matter what the prophecy is, I will not listen to it. I won't. You know, one time I was traveling and I was at the airport and just before I boarded the aircraft, someone called me from somewhere and said, Papa, I, I had a strange revelation 
that you were on a flight and something very bad happened. How can you call me at such a time when I'm boarding a flight? So if you haven't learned to master your subconsciousness and to deal with such a thing throughout that flight, you, you won't rest. Any small thing will trouble you. So immediately, I said, I don't accept that. I will have a safe passage. There will be no crosswinds. There will be no technical errors, nor pilot errors. And I said, in the name of Jesus, whoever wishes for something wrong or something bad to happen to me on air or on land or on water, by divine authority, I intercept. I override and overturn. I revoke the power thereof. And I curse the expectations thereof. And there will be no strange incident with this trip and with my movement by air, by land, or by water, under any circumstances, in the name of Jesus. And from that time, any time he calls, I don't pick his call. I don't want to hear what he has to say. If the Lord has anything to tell me, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And the Lord can reveal it. He can speak to me through my spirit, through my human spirit. So I don't need to hear a prophecy. I don't need to have a revelation or a vision or a word from somebody to know what to do. I have to be, be in tune with my human spirit. Because the Holy Spirit works through my human spirit. Now, I'm not saying that we should ignore prophecy. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that we can hear prophecies, but it must line up with the Word of God, and it must also line up with the witness of our spirit. If you hear a prophecy, and inside you have red light, disturbed, agitated, afraid, worried, Confused, you have to reject it immediately. Because if you don't reject it and it registered in your subconsciousness, it will go into your dream life. It will begin to control you. And sometimes ignorance can allow people to have power over you. And there are people who will love. You know, I had a situation where <clears throat> there was this guy, anytime he says something, if it is positive, it never happens. But if it's negative, it always happens. So one day I said to him, I said, you, all your prophecies, the positive one, not one comes to pass. It's always the negative one that comes to pass. So I said, I'm very suspicious about your prophecies. And then I said to him, I said, something too that you must understand. Every time your negative prophecy comes to pass, then you say, Papa, but I saw it. I told you, I saw it. And I said, you are using that to become very relevant, and I don't like that. So I said from today, unless you start giving me good prophecies and I see them come to pass, I don't want to hear your negative prophecies anymore. I said, I don't care what it is. Don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. I don't. So I realized that through that, he was becoming very powerful very, very powerful and very relevant. So when I caught that thing, I said, no, 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 no. 
Say, not possible. This can't continue. I discontinue it. And I deny you of any gift and power and hold you have by these constant negative prophecies that you all, and I realized that when they happened that way, I was being programmed to expect those things to happen. I was programmed in a way that the subconsciousness began to expect and began to look forward for those things to happen. And I began to see everything in the light of those prophecies and it was happening. And I said, no, 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 no. So I said to him, if you ever step into my office here with any negative prophecy, I'll curse you. Yeah, I'll curse you. And I will curse you and curse your prophecy and return it on your head. In the name of Jesus. Because the subconsciousness is very powerful. So you have to be careful what you allow to enter your subconscious. That's why you have to be careful of movies you watch. I'm very, very particular about the movies I watch before I go to bed. I'm very particular about news I listen to before I go to bed. Because anything you watch and you hear goes into the subconsciousness and it registers, it stays there. So even when you are asleep, your subconsciousness is still working. Lift up your right arm. Say in the name of Jesus. Any power, hold or advantage, the enemy has over me through my subconsciousness. In the name of Jesus, as I clap my hands, I break it. I break it. I break it. In the name of Jesus, I break it. I break the power of the enemy. Let it break. I break it in the name of Jesus. Break. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. So in Acts 2, 7 and 8, they were speaking in the tongues of men. And those people heard them. I remember one time I was in my hotel room with Dr. McCann. Years ago, Dr. Ora Robert had come to town. And we were dealing with some very serious issues. Then suddenly... I felt a very heavy presence in the hotel room. Because this heaviness, it was like something suddenly that, that just came in and I felt grief in my spirit. And immediately, Michael said, Nick, they are here. And I said, who? He said, demons, they've come in here. They want to hear our conversation, so let's switch. So he started praying in tongues and I also started praying in tongues. And after a while, it lifted. And he said, they just left. You know, we don't have spiritual friends anymore. We have too many carnal people in the church. Too many carnal people. And we just, because anytime we pray in tongues, the enemy cannot access any information because they don't understand the tongues we are speaking at a particular time because it's the Holy Spirit that gives us utterance. See, I hear you. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 from verse 14 to 17. Now when the apostles 
which were at Jerusalem had the Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was falling upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Is it up to 18 or 17? 17, yeah. You see, so they hadn't received the Holy Spirit. And as they were prayed for, hands was laid upon them. They received the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 9, verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. And putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Receive thy sight and be what? Filled with the Holy Ghost. One of the signs of being filled is speaking in other tongues and also receiving power to become a witness. Receiving power to become a witness. So when you are filled with the Spirit, you pray in tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance and that particular tongue is the sign of being filled with the spirit and is your spiritual language as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven then we have the tongues of men tongues of angels and we have different types of tongues that comes with interpretation of it and that is different from the tongues every believer speaks in Come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1. See something here. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. You see, cymbal. though I speak in the tongues of what? Men and angels. So the tongues of men is the dialects of men that the Holy Spirit at any time as he wills can give us utterance to speak in somebody's dialect and send and I've seen so many people over the years that people have received messages in their own tongue. Die-hearted people who don't believe in God and don't believe in the Holy Ghost or in nothing go into a service, find themselves in a situation and a believer speaks to them in their dialect and they know that there's no way this guy can speak my language and they, they, they give up their argument and receive Christ. I've seen it happen over the years. But that is not something you can do on your own as a believer. You just switch on. No, no, no. It's the Holy Spirit that does it as he wills depending on how available, flexible you are in the hands of the Holy Spirit. He can use you as he please. Somebody say, use me, Lord. Oh, I'm not hearing. Say, use me, Lord. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, from verse 2 to 5. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh uh -huh. not unto men. You see, this is a different tongue in an unknown tongue. This is different from the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. Go ahead. He speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Unto For God. The, unto God. This is directly to God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 was dealing with a particular situation even though you see tongues there. Chapter 12 is dealing with another situation even though you see tongues. But the tongues are different tongues. 
and then first corinthians chapter 12 dealing with the gifts of the spirit is also dealing with a particular issue so if you don't understand the pretext and the pretext you will misunderstand the context of the text and take a verse out of a scripture make a doctrine and create confusion so try to understand that because if you see this first Corinthians 4 is a letter that was addressing a particular problem in a particular local church. Then you look at first Corinthians 13 and you look at 12. They were all addressing different issues, even though they correspond or relate to each other. It's a particular thing. You have to, that's what the Bible says, study the word to show yourself approved. A workman rightly dividing the word of truth so you can wrongly divide the word of truth go ahead for no man understandeth him mm -hmm. how be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries mm -hmm. but he that prophesies so mysteries is something hidden from you and i a mystery is something hidden that we don't have an understanding of now when we pray in tongues the holy spirit demystifies the mystery and he sends a message up to God about something going on that our natural senses have no understanding of. And as those things are communicated to God through tongues, then the Spirit of God responds accordingly to give us a, an understanding through our human spirit to perceive like we are going to be praying about some things and we've dealt with some already. And somebody will say, Papa, your prayer points are very, very accurate. They are much, very much on target. How do I get some of those prayer points? As I'm praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit quickens things in my spirit. Like today we began praying with Romans chapter 13, verse 8. And he said, Oh, no man anything except love. The Spirit just said to me, deal with every outstanding debts that there's a situation in the spirit where the enemy has held a lot of my children at ransom through certain outstanding and unresolved issues where in three people say that oh, yeah down cat yeah down cat so it's like in the spirit somebody is making demands on you on an outstanding and an unresolved situation that for whatever reason, you owe them something. And today, on the account of the blood of Jesus, we settle that debt by the blood of Jesus. We settle any situation in the spirit where it concerns you and I, our sons and our daughters, by the blood of Jesus. Let it be settled. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification. You see, so he that prophesies. Now this is different from one that is a prophet because a prophet reveals, foretells, but a, the gift of prophecy does not reveal or foretell. What it does, it, it speaks to edification, to comfort, and to exaltation. That is the place of the gift of prophecy. Go ahead. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. You see again? So this one is speaking to a particular tongue which is the prayer language of the believer that when you pray in your prayer language you are edifying yourself building up your spirit and your faith it brings refreshing it revives you it frees you from weariness it stops you from becoming weary 
And that is Isaiah 28 verse 12. Go ahead. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. You see, it comes back again that but when you prophesy, you are edifying, exalting, and lifting the church. Verse I five. would that ye all speak with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except ye interpret that the church may receive edification. So, so this is what is happening. Like I'm preaching right now. Then you stand up. You begin to pray in tongues. And everybody keeps quiet. After you pray in that tongues, <clears throat> you must give interpretation of what you just said. And if you haven't developed the ability to interpret the tongues you just spoke when we were all quiet, then someone else with the gift of interpretation of tongues must give us an interpretation of what you just said. Everybody lift up your hands. Begin to pray in the spirit right now. Pray in tongues. Stop. That is your personal language. That is my spiritual language. When I'm praying in the, when I'm preaching and I pray in tongues, there are so many reasons. Because when I feel the edge, sometimes I pray in the spirit to build myself because at a particular point, I begin to feel like the oil is going down. I begin to feel the oil is going down and I feel some kind of weariness. As I pray in the spirit, immediately I come up, I step out. And sometimes the spirit will want me to pray in tongues and at that particular time, sometimes I can pray in tongues and I have understanding of what I'm saying in a particular time. And then when that understanding comes to me, I know that the spirit want me to deal with a particular situation by the end of the service. So at every time you realize that when the services are over, I always come back to close the service. And when I'm closing the service, I lead you in certain specific prayers and intercession. And it's because of an understanding I have in the spirit. But I make it general. I'm not specific about it, but general about it. And sometimes the spirit may lead me to pray in other tongues as he wills. And I could be addressing a situation or somebody. But you have to understand <clears throat> that when you are in a group or in a church like this, and everybody is quiet, and you begin to speak in tongues, then there has to be an interpretation of the tongues you are speaking in. Say, I hear you. Okay, Jude 1.20. Jude 1.20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You see, praying in the Holy Ghost is praying in tongues. But when you pray in tongues here, you build your faith. You energize your faith Strengthen your spirit here. Come with me to 1 Corinthians 12 and 10. 1 Corinthians 12 and 10. There's something here. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another descending of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues. You see, this is a different tongue from the tongues we are talking about. He said diverse kinds of tongues. So it could be human, it could be, it could be the tongues of men, or the tongues of angels, but he said diverse kinds of tongues. 
this is also dealing with the spiritual gifts in a different setting. When it talks about workings of miracles, that is the office of the evangelist. And he said, do you all prophesy? So this can mean few things, two things. It could mean that a prophet is prophesying or one with the gift of prophecy is prophesying. And whenever anyone is prophesying, the Bible said the rest should listen and judge. So we have the right to judge prophecy. So when somebody prophesies, it doesn't make the person so powerful that we don't judge the prophecy and we just say, well, that is the word of the Lord and it's like you are trapped. There is no other way. You just have to follow and listen to what the person says. No, the, I'll show you to you before we close. The Bible says that when one is prophesying, others should listen and judge the prophecy. So we have the right to judge prophecy. So it shouldn't make anyone that prophesies so powerful that when they say something because they have prophesied, it, it must happen or that gives them any power over us. No, it doesn't give anybody power over us. And if you look at the setting and the protocols when it comes to the fivefold ministry gifts and, and the settings of the gifts of the Spirit, the first thing that the Bible says is that God have set some in the church and then he talks about the order and the protocol and he said first apostle and secondary prophet and then teachers and he goes ahead so you have to look at the setting how god have set it up other than that we will magnify one particular gift and office above all the other gifts we have to be very careful that we don't do that go ahead to another, the interpretation of tongues. You see? You, you see? Go back again. Working to another, of the working of miracles. Uh -huh. To another, prophecy. Uh -huh. To another, discerning of spirit. Discerning of spirit. Discerning of spirit means the eye or the ability to see into the realms of the spirit. Now, you can't see Jesus. Anytime you have a vision of Jesus, that is a result of discerning of spirit. If you see an angel, it's discerning of spirit. If you see demons, it's discerning of spirit. Because discerning of spirit means that you have the ability to see like I'm seeing you and you are seeing me. Whenever you see Jesus or you see angels or you see demons in their spiritual form or body, that is not the word of wisdom. That is not the word of knowledge. That is not prophecy. That is the gift of the discerning of spirit. Go ahead. To another diverse kinds of tongues. To another diverse kinds of tongues. Look at what follows diverse and kinds of tongues. And to another the interpretation of tongues. You see, so these diverse kinds of tongues is different from our prayer language. This one requires interpretation. And there are people with the gift of interpretation of tongues. Of diverse kinds of tongues. The gift of interpretation of diverse kinds of tongues, not your tongue. Right. I think we are true with that. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. And God has set some in the church. First apostles. You see, he has said what? Some in the church. He has what? He has set some in the church. He has set some in the church. First is what? Apostles. First apostles go ahead secondarily prophets secondarily what 
Prophets. What is first? Apostles. What is secondary? Prophets. What is secondary? Prophets. If you don't have understanding, you begin to magnify one particular office and gift above others, and it's very dangerous. We got to go with the protocol of the New Testament dispensation way of doing things. Other than that, we go into error. Go ahead. Thirdly, teachers. He said what? Teachers. Thirdly, teachers. Thirdly, teachers. Thirdly, teachers. Go ahead. After that, miracles. After that, miracles. Miracles, yes. Evangelists. Evangelists. Go ahead. Then gifts of healings. The gifts of healing still evangelists. Helps. Helps. Governments. Helps here are people who are blessed in the church and they have a heart to just give. They give and give and give and give. They are always looking for opportunity to do something for the house of God and for the ministry. They have the ministry of helps. Go ahead. Governments. Governments that has to do with administration, systems, and order. There are people like that among us who are gifted to bring about systems, order, administration, and the law of progress and the law of multiplication is the law of organization. You remember Jesus fed the 5,000 after preaching to the 5,000 in the desert. He said they were hungry. They need to eat. We can't send them to the villages around to buy food. It's too much. So we need to feed them. And there was a young man with five loaves and two fishes. And Jesus said, the first thing I must do before I multiply the five loaves and two fishes is organize the people. Say organize. So organize them. So they were set in place. They sat down. They were organized. And through that protocol, <clears throat> when he multiplied the five loaves and two fishes, they were able to feed them all. Can you imagine what would have happened if there was no order and organization and the 12 men were carrying bread and fish in the desert to feed over 5,000 people? There would have been chaos and disaster. They couldn't have done it. So order, so this word government has to do with certain individuals in the church who are given the ability to bring organization and order to allow standard procedures, protocol, and the way things must be done. Other than that, there will be chaos and confusion in the church. That's why, you know, the charismatic church needs a lot of help because until we can institutionalize the things God has given to us and our spirituality, there is no future. And there's so much disorderliness in the charismatic church that everybody gets up and they, have, they become something. People follow people as a result of gift. They follow people as a result of charisma. We follow personalities. We don't follow divine protocol. And also when it comes to, we'll be dealing with this, when it comes to speaking in tongues, we, we have to be very careful, especially with the book of Romans 8, 26, when it talks about, we don't know how we should pray as we ought to, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. We have to watch that groanings there. I will explain it to you maybe next week, Sunday. We have to be careful because there is a new order going on, and I've dealt with it several times with the intercessors of this house and most of our churches, where people begin to pray the same thing. Abaya, abaya, ha, 
Abaya, 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 Abiri, 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 Akatum, 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 Ayane, Adane, 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 and everybody, Aye, 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 Akandia, Akandia, Akandia. That is not groaning. That is enchantment and foolishness. And it's, it, it, it's also foolish spirituality. You know, the other day I was praying with the guys at the rooftop, and one particular guy was standing in the corner there, and he had put his hand on his ears like this. And he, he, he was just doing it. So I asked one of the guys, who is this guy? He said, he's one of your sons. And I said, as for me, I'm a father of all kinds of people, strange. So, some of my bishops were telling me that they had a meeting with some men of God in town, and they were saying that Papa is the Noah of our generation. And they said, why? He said, hey, as for Papa, there are all kinds of animals in his ark. You know, in Noah's ark, there were strange animals. Hippopotamus, frogs, donkeys, cats, snakes. They were all in Noah's ark. And they say, Papa, he is the Noah of our generation. He has all kinds of animals in his ark. We don't know how he survives. So he says, one of your sons. I say, as for me, everything is my son. And I said, but, but, but why is he doing this? I said, he'll break his neck. He'll break his neck. And he said, oh, he just came from, he just, he was in fasting and prayer at the prayer mountain. He just landed. And I said, so if he landed from the prayer mountain, is that the reason why he's breaking his neck doing like this? So I said to him, I said, well, for that day, I said, why are you scaring us? If you just came from the prayer mountain, you are in the spirit, just pray like everybody. But this Awunewuna, with your neck almost broken, put your hand. I said, Ah, dang. Turn to somebody and say, Awunewuna. You know, and people follow those things. Oh. Somebody will just say, Charlie, this guy is deep. Hey, he's sharp. He's deep. And they begin to follow. You will break your neck. Some of you, you are about to break your neck because you are for people just like all kinds of spiritualities. You know, I was telling one of my sons, I said, Listen, you don't have to say if I be a prophet. If I be a prophet, I swear by the by the by the platform and by the altar of the archbishop, our father. What is all that for? It's unnecessary. Just say it and leave it at home. Those who believe it and believe, those who don't believe, leave it alone. You can't convince people to believe. Listen, if people are following the Holy Spirit through their spirit, when you speak truth, they know it. When you are lying also, their spirit can tell them. Yeah. You know, I tell, I tell my bishop and my pastor, I say, listen, don't, under, don't underestimate church people alone. Because there are people you see sitting there, they are listening to you, but they are also very spiritual in their way. And they can feel what you are saying. 
And if what you are saying is off, they can tell you. It's just that they don't have opportunity to tell you that, Charlie, you are off. But if we can stop preaching and say, we want one or two people to say something, they will take the microphone and they will tell you some things and you'll be shocked. So the fact that you have the microphone to speak, don't take people for granted. So please, and when you watch, let's say, listen, truly speaking, you won't see me praying in those tongues. Atunde, atunde, ayo, atunde, atunde, ayo. You won't hear Papa Hagin preaching that. None of the fathers, spiritual fathers, pray in those kind of tongues. You won't hear Oyedepo or any of the spiritual fathers doing that. Akunde, 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 atirie, atirie, akatu, 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 akatu. What is akatu? Ahune huna. It's unnecessary spirituality, and it's a lazy way of praying. And they can do that for three, four hours, spending energy sweating over nothing. Take your time and pray with your understanding. Pray your own tongues. Pray the scriptures. So by the time you finish, you know that you have accomplished something. We are so blessed to have you listening with us on the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams podcast today. Our ministry exists to equip and empower God's people with the transformational power of apostolic prayer and deliverance. You can partner with us by bringing the revival of prayer to our global community and sowing a seed, renewing your mind through our books, or increasing your knowledge through our online school of ministries. Access all our resources at www.ndwministries.org. Know today that we are partnering with you in daily prayer for daily triumph. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to you joining next week. Give him your love. He's in love with us.